You know, may our hearts be right, and may we be tender toward that. So here we go. We're starting off with John 26. This is something you're familiar with because you saw it the last two weeks. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. If anyone serves me, Jesus, let him follow him, Jesus. And, and, and just a little reminder of what he's saying there. If I'm a disciple of Christ, if I've repented of my sin and asked Jesus to be my Savior, I put my trust in him as my Savior, he says at that point in time, the very Spirit of Christ, Spirit of God, comes and dwells within me. I will have a desire to follow him. Uh, Trish and I got married, right? We were married 40-something years ago, a little over 40 years ago. I have a desire to follow her. She has a desire to follow me sometimes. See, I'm just checking out to see. But if we belong to him, if we belong to God through Christ, then we're going to have a desire to follow him. If we say we serve him but do not desire to follow him, that, that doesn't compute. If Ronnie said, I want a job, but when the person called to do a job interview, he said no, wouldn't make sense, right? Okay. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and everyone. How does faith come? By hearing of the word of God. It doesn't come when you jump in the water, when you shouldn't, you get on a diving platform. I mean, it takes a certain amount of physical faith, I guess, you know, to believe that you're not going to hurt yourself or if you do something. But this kind of faith is a, a faith that's supernatural, given by God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So here we go, as we're talking, we're going into a season, walking as uh, disciples in Proverbs. And so I'm going to start with Proverbs 1. If you want to turn there, or go there. I'm not going to put you on the spot this morning by saying who's been in Proverbs. Some of you weren't here when I gave us that challenge. I will remind us at the end of the service today what that challenge is and where we're walking in that. And I'm hoping the Word of God, for lack of a better way to say it, will convince us. And I want to be careful saying it like that. I'll go to Psalms where the psalmist says in 34, Oh, come taste and see that God is good. And he says in Psalm 34, he says, let me teach you. And so, and so it's very appropriate to say, you know what? Um, I'm not saying that God has to convince us of anything, but in our language today and to communicate... I pray and I claim in Jesus' name that the Spirit of God that's within us will stir up our heart to understand what His Word is saying is true, that it's alive, He's well. And I hope it quickens our heart and our spirit, and we don't, we don't turn Him away, but we understand what He's fixing to say. So, this last week, reading through Proverbs, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you my memory verses. And then, and then we're going to talk about that a little bit. So first in Proverbs 1, starting with verse 2, it says this, To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. So, so as the psalmist is, you know, it begins in Proverbs 1, the psalmist, in Proverbs 1, David, you know, Solomon, um, he says, to know wisdom and instruction. Okay, to know wisdom and instruction. Okay, if we don't bring in wisdom and instruction, if we don't see it, if we don't read it, if the Spirit of God doesn't reveal it to us, we won't know it. I mean, that seems so simple. Hear me out, right? 
for for those that we keep getting stuck where, you know, we will, you know, Pastor Tony, pray for me because I don't have time to be in the Word of God. I'm not being critical. Hear me out. Just hear, hear me out. Or or we just, we, we don't have time to spend in God's Word or in prayer. And the bottom line is, that's the only way we will know wisdom and instruction. There There is no other way. So if we desire to know God's wisdom, God's instruction for our life, it's through the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There is no other way. There really is not. Those those little uh, like secular proverbs that I put up there when we first began. Okay, well some of them I think they have some they have some knowledge in it or wisdom or whatever. You know what I mean? It says yeah, okay, that makes sense. But the bottom line is what God wants to give us is His wisdom, His knowledge for these things and this time of life that we're in. So he says in verse 3, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Who here, nah, seriously, who here would say, you know what, Pastor Tony, I, I want justice in my life. You know, when, when I'm wronged, I, I want it to be right. I mean, not that it always happens that way, but we desire that. Meaning if we're wrongly accused or something happens in our job or, or there's an accident and it isn't our fault, you know, we, we want, we want some kind of justice, some kind of uh, restitution, right? We, Something, and, you know, um, and as far as judgment goes, um, do we not want sometimes, uh, again, if we're wronged and, and just as kind of like, you know, God, go get them. You know, this, when there's something happens that we have nothing we can do about it. And bottom line is, God sets this whole stage in Proverbs 1, and, and he's saying through Solomon, he's, he's saying, look, we want, we want to have justice in this world. We want to have uh, judgment and equity, me- meaning we want um, we want something that's right, something that we can hold on to, something that's true, and we want to know what that is. By the way, because <laughs> that's very subjective. I mean, what might be right for someone might be wrong for someone else. And how do you know the difference? How do you know when someone's right and how someone's wrong? Trish and I married fourteen years before I was saved, and then she was saved five months later. The whole dynamic changed after salvation, because before salvation, I was always right. No, actually, Trisha was always right. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Yeah, and and everyone has squabbles in any relationship. Any relationship, everyone has things that will come up. But the bottom line is. After salvation and after we started to be in the Word and understand God's wisdom and what He desired for our relationship and our life and for my, for me as a character, my, my character as a man, my integrity as a man, well, as we, as we understood what the Word said about that and the Spirit of God revealed that to us, it's, it started to go away from she's right, I'm right, or she's wrong, I'm right, and this, this constant give and take, and it went to, okay, I don't agree with you or I'm upset with you. Now, God, what do you, what do you say about this? Now, I don't know averages, but I would say at least 95% of the time for me, I was always wrong because I'd go to God and he goes, where's your heart? What? You know what I mean? I'm just, ah. At first, that's a hard pill to swallow, you know the saying? 
at first when, you know, if you're here and you've, and you've not really dove into the Word of God and you've not really prayed, I mean, maybe you're a new believer, maybe you've been saved for a while, but God is stirring your heart to engage Him more. Whatever the case may be, I want to encourage you about something because I see it happening all the time. God quickens your heart to move ahead in your life with Him, to follow Him. He says, follow me. And you, 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 you go, okay, I'm going. God, I'm going to follow you. And you start digging into the Word a little bit. You start praying. God starts revealing His truth to you. And I, I know not everyone does this, but especially if you're a new believer or if you're not really dug into the Word before, or you're, or you're challenged, or, or, or you're equipped to start doing so, and all of a sudden, you start getting the Word of God, and you go, ah, I can't do that. That's tough. That's too much. Who's ever been there? I know I have. Who's there now? Anyone? Don't give up. Small steps. God is with you. I mean this every step of the way. Don't start engaging God and then just go, this, this is too much. God will never give you more than you can bear, but he'll always give you. He promises we're going to see, I'm going to speed this up here in a minute, but we're going to see that he desires to give us wisdom. He desires to give us knowledge. He desires to give us justice. Just not on our terms because we're usually wrong. <laughs> Even when we feel that justice must be served and someone's wronged us or there's something in our past that's, that's haunting us almost. And it's, it's trying to control our future. We've got to come to that place in time where, where through the word of God we go, all right, God, you say that I can know wisdom. I can receive your instruction. I can perceive and have understanding. Do we believe them or not? I'm serious. Do we believe them or not? Because he desires God to talk into our lives in these ways, in these ways. And so let me go ahead to uh, Proverbs 1, 4, and it says this. If you seek her as silver, this is wisdom. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. If, that's a big if. If we do not seek wisdom, if we do not seek the Word of God, and we do not search for its hidden treasures, meaning putting as we seek the Word of God, we put ourselves aside, and we go, all right, God, I know, I know, I know you have a word for me. Come on, I know you have a word for me. But if we don't, we don't. We'll forever be praying. We'll, we'll forever not understand. But he says, if we seek and we search, then you understand the fear of the Lord. What's understanding the fear of the Lord? The Bible says it's the beginning of all wisdom. We want wisdom. We desire to do what God wants. We got we to seek him. We got to have a desire to understand what he's telling us. Go to Proverbs 2, verse 1. Here's another big if. I should have probably titled this sermon, the big if. <laughs> It says this, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, and this is my memory verse for uh, Proverbs 2, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search her for hidden treasures, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord. And I bounced over to that, but we get it. On, on, on Proverbs 1. So the bottom line is what, what's happening here is it goes right back to it, the if, the big if. 
So if we incline our ear to wisdom, what does that mean? Again, we're purposely listening for. You ever read the Word of God, and this is, I don't think this is wrong, actually. But you ever read the Word of God because you want wisdom, you want His instruction, you want Him to speak to you. But you do it with the with the mindset that says, well, I know somewhere in here it says, go get them, God. I just know, you know what I mean? Or I know somewhere in his, the, 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 the Bible somewhere has got to say something about what I want it to say. Yeah. I mean, I know. I, I get it. Let's go to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord. Have we trusted in Jesus Christ as our Savior? Because if we've entrusted Christ for our eternity, why would we not entrust him for our life now? Why would we not trust him? And is there a difference in trusting Jesus for our eternal security and for eternity, our salvation, is there a difference between that and trusting in him in our everyday life? And the answer is, you think it's a trick question. The answer is, no. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the hearing of the word of God, I was able to put my trust in Jesus as my savior in the first place. It's by God's word that I continue to live out my salvation in him. I follow him. Not by my own. If we, if we try to follow Jesus on our own, it'll never happen. Because we're following Jesus. We're following Jesus and then all of a sudden something's happening over here. Oh yeah, that's pretty. You know what I mean. If it were left up to us, we wouldn't follow Jesus. You, oh, Pastor Tony, yes I would. I'm a born again believer. No you wouldn't. If it wasn't for the Spirit of God and the Word of God that continues to work in you, even after salvation, you wouldn't follow him. I mean, I, I want to be careful here, but on your own, you wouldn't. You wouldn't follow him. So, so what's the fine line there? What's the fine line in understanding what our salvation is and then following Christ? And uh, Proverbs promises to give us wisdom, and it will. So we continue in verse uh, chapter 3, and now let's go to verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Okay, so what's the first step, if you will? What's the first step into following Christ as a believer? Well, number one, follow him. Be in, his, be in his word, be praying, be obedient to do what the word says. And by the grace of God, he will grow you, mature you, and give you the wisdom and knowledge you need to understand all the junk in life. But the junk in life still turns to praises, but that's at the end of the story today. So, so what's he saying? Okay, you, you, you want to have understanding. You want to know what God has for you. You want to be in this journey where you receive wisdom and justice and you receive fairness and you, have, and, and you know where that's coming from. It's coming from a God. It says, verse 7, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Depart from evil. Depart from evil. Depart from evil. God's not in evil. Well, Pastor Tony, I don't have anything to do with evil. Who here has nothing to do with evil whatsoever? Raise your hand. Ah, that evil stuff. 
tries to come into our life every day. That evil stuff tries to come into our thoughts every day. Every day, every day. But here the Bible's saying, Solomon's saying, to depart from evil. Now I want to throw something out here that I believe to be very true. And I want to, again, you got you to gotta hear me, allow the word of God to speak to you. You, you be students of the word. You prayerfully consider the things I am saying and I'm preaching. And I, and I mean that. But this right here, this next thing right here, it says this, verse 8. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. How will this, trusting God, desiring his wisdom, being in the word, praying, how will that be health to my flesh, my physical body? How? How will it be strength to my bones? Now, now take a deep breath. This is where I want you to pray. I think a lot of physical sickness today comes from the lack of obedience in the Word of God. I'm not saying God puts that sickness on us. God can do whatever He wants. I mean, we look back at the Bible, that does happen. I mean, He's done that. I mean, so I'm not... But but don't... Do you just pray about this? It's very close to me. Because I know that if we're not trusting in God, but we belong to Him, if we're believers and we put our trust in Christ as our Savior, and we're desiring to follow Jesus... As we are in the Word of God, then He gives us wisdom and understanding. Now, hear me out. So, in my physical body, as I'm drawing near to God, and He says that my body is a temple that belongs to Him, and His desires for my thought life, my inner life, my to to be, to be clean and clear. As I am disobedient to that, the way He's created me, it starts to deteriorate me and my flesh. Now, am I totally any you with me, or are we? I mean, I'm serious. I want to. What I'm saying is, if we're not, if we're not following and close to God and ha- having Him to help us, not only in our our walk with Him, not only in in wanting wisdom and and judgment and fairness and and and, and knowledge for living this life that He's given us in our everyday life, but if we if we decide not to have that kind of relationship when we belong to him, the next thing you know, it's going to play a toll on our health. And, I, and I, that's hard because I, I'm, not, I'm not saying everyone's health. I'm not saying if you're in a circumstance right now where, where you have health issues that somehow it's because you're not close to God. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, if our heart is not close to God and we're not gleaning from his word, our body has a tendency to go where it shouldn't go, to eat what it shouldn't eat, to do what it shouldn't do, to receive what it shouldn't receive, to hold on to what it shouldn't hold on, to not have forgiveness where there should be forgiveness. It's not just about, you know, well, you know, it's eating or this or that. It's about grabbing onto things and it stirs up and we hold it and it starts to eat away at us. It starts to create depression, and, and I don't even know. I'd had no, I wasn't going to go here at all this morning. I just really feel, I just do. It, it's a stronghold in all of our lives. And sometimes it can even take us to a place where 
we're not even in the Word of God anymore because we're just too sick and we're too tired and, and, we're, and, and we, don't, we just don't know what to do sometimes. We says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Uh, Proverbs 4, let's go to verse 10. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. If I, if, wait, sorry, verse 11. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk in, do not let it go, not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Don't let it go. God says something, believe it. Do it. Engage it. Don't let it go. He's put a word in your heart and and just grab it. Claim it. Write it down. Put it on a post note. To this day, I have post notes that my daughter's given me. And if I hang on to post notes that Heather's given me through the years, how much more do I need to hang on to what God has given me and is given me and desires to give me? He says, Hank, grab it. Come on, it's, don't let stuff take you down and hold you back. And you think, but it's only, again, how do you, Pastor Tony, how do, you, how do I do this? We do it by engaging the Word of God. There is no other way. There is no other way. 13, take firm hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Keep her. She is your life. She is your life. God's instruction, his word, his spirit that gives us that revelation is our life. That's the difference between becoming a born-again believer, what I said earlier. What's the difference? It's by faith I'm saved through faith, the Bible says, that Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As I heard the word of God, the spirit of God revealed to me my need to be saved. That God is holy and I am not. And my sin has separated me from him. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God speaks to me. The spirit of God reaffirms to me that I'm in need of a savior. And I put my trust in Christ as my savior. But it doesn't end there. I know we know that. But the struggles come and and, and we're in and out of the word of God and and maybe it's not everyone in this room I don't know. But this I know. We all have a tendency to fade. And the thing is, is we have to grab a hold of God. Grab a hold of his wisdom. Hang on and follow Jesus. That's the difference. We are following Christ. We're not in ourselves. Does that make sense? I follow Christ through his word. By being in his word, by reading, by praying. God gives me discernment and wisdom. God gives me discernment and wisdom for the answers that I need in life. So what am I doing? I'm not following Tony. I'm taking his answers. I'm grabbing a hold of them, and I'm following him in them. He goes before me. The Bible says that God's a light onto our path, that his righteousness goes before us. It's not me, but it's only by the word. There is no other way, and that's the difference. Let's go to Proverbs 5, verse 1. Well, you know what? I'm going to back up. Go to uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, 
for out of it springs the issues of life. Who here has an issue in your life? We, I know we all do, right? Okay. What's the wisdom Solomon's given us? Keep your heart. Guard your heart against those issues. Because if you don't, before you know it, the issues become your God. You know, that's impossible. You're crazy. They do. You know, go back to the things that have happened that were unjust or unfair or you couldn't control and health issues. And I mean, I, I, you, I, don't, I don't have to name them all. You know what I'm saying. It's life. But, but the thing is, if, if we're not careful, our issues become our God. Little G, God. Our issues can even become our idol. That we'll pay more attention to our issues than we will God. Ah, that's where you need the body of Christ. That's where you need equippers. You need pastors and preachers and evangelists and people, God's people, to come together. And when we, all we can do is talk about issues and it's apparent someone's stuck and they're looking at their issue instead of God, we need to just kind of like, I was going to say slap them, but that wouldn't be nice. I don't think it's big, but we need to, hey, wake up. You know, what do you do? Here's what God says. We need to remind each other. That's why we meet like this. To edify one another, to build one another up and remind one another that God loves you right where you're at. But he doesn't want you to stay there either. He wants you to grow closer to him through his word and by his spirit. (laughs) I long for the day and have seen days such as these. Proverbs 5, verse 1. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. What we speak comes from our mind that filters through our hearts. It's full circle. We need to lend our ear to understanding. I can liken that to this. Listen to God more than you do the world. Listen to God more than you do even others. I mean, there's wisdom and godly counsel. I'm not saying don't receive godly counsel. But be careful about godly counsel too, if you don't mind. You know, like, uh, well, I just saw you were really mad. And it looks like you were mad at Sally or Sue. Let me pick someone that's not here. (laughs) Or George, I don't know. (laughs) You're mad at this person you want to tell me about it so I can pray for you? I'll pray for you. God, be careful. Just because someone says that, well, you know what God would want? You ever have that? You ever have someone tell you that, you know what God would want, and you know that's not what God would want? You need to, you know what you need to do? You, I, you've been wronged, and you just, you need to go into that office, and you need to tell that person where to go. That's what God would want. So make sure even our godly counsel comes from counsel that you can go and you can look for yourself through the word of God and that you can align it with God's wisdom. Proverbs 6, verse 16. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, 
hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. You know what's interesting about this is, again, we might look at something like this and go, well, okay, Pastor Tony, I might have a proud look once in a while, but I really don't, not too much. And I, I, I only tell little white lies. Boy, I, I don't tell big ones. And uh, hands that shed innocent blood. Well, I'm not shedding innocent blood. I don't, I don't do that. A heart that devises wicked plans. Oh, no, 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 no. I have, I have the heart of God. You know, for the most part, I, I don't devise. I, I would never devise a plan that would be wicked. And, and then it says, feet that are swift to run to evil, um, you know, I, I paraphrase that for our modern times, feet that are swift to run to things you sh- know God would not want you to watch or things you're putting on Facebook that, that aren't godly and are of God. But a false witness, you would never, ever, ever, ever speak falsely about someone else, would you? Who's done that last week? Who last week talked? You know what's interesting? He says, these six things, the Lord hates, yes, seven. Anyone ever wonder about that? I don't know if you can pull it back from your mind. What's going on there? The seventh thing is, and the one who soars discord among the brethren, in essence, what Solomon is saying is all these six things are an abomination to the Lord. He hates them. But the seventh one is even more so. He hates the most. And I'm thinking he hates that more than all these other things. It's, it's, it's not ultimately what he's saying. But he is saying, and one who sorts discord among the brethren, among the church. Because this is his body. This is his bride. And for the one that would sow discord, purposely do these things, talk falsely, want their own way, or, or, or you know, speak little, um, and, and by the way, I don't know of that going on, so I'm not trying to put something in here, but, but if it is, stop it! God above all loves his church. Above all, above all, Christ is the head. Above all, God loves, right here, his body. And he will protect it. Sometimes you might hear of things that happen in churches or a pastor did something wrong or a person did something wrong. Okay, I know. I don't understand some of that sometimes. I don't. It's like, why didn't God just take him out? Well, perhaps it's a part of God's judgment. Perhaps it's a part of God's maturing. I, I, don't, I don't know. But this I know. He loves his church. And, and someone that would purposely hurt it or talk about it or try to take it down. Oh, boy. If judgment doesn't come then, it comes in the morning. It comes soon. All right, here we go. Last one for today, Proverbs 7, verse 25. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, the path of ease of the path. Now, it's interesting as you read Proverbs. I'm going to end on this note. Um, Solomon definitely talks about uh, the seductiveness of a woman. Several times. If you've been reading Proverbs, you know exactly what I mean. Now, does that mean women are bad? Yes. You should have seen your faces. I knew you were going to say, well, of course not. Of course. Yeah, that means women are bad. 
And men are so, men are bad too. But if you will, if you will, think about it. Um, I think men can be good looking and handsome or however you want. But God created a woman to be beautiful, especially in the eyes of a man. A beauty. Woman out of the rib of a man. If anyone, if there's any parallel to uh, seduction, all men in this room understand that women, because of their beauty, can be seductive. You know, you know that. But in the big picture, what he's saying is the seduction of the world, the seduction of the things that draw you away and entice you from God. He's using a parallel of a woman so far, but he's saying don't let these things of the world seduce you. Don't let these things of the world take you from what God wants. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. By God's grace, there's forgiveness. By God's grace, um, there there may even be healing, um, which there is if you confess your sins one or another. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But that comes from the heart of God. So, so just hear me out. Last thing. If there would be anything this morning that I would challenge us with and encourage us about, that we would just pause and understand God wants us to be in his word. He wants us to be drawing near to him. He wants us to gain the wisdom and knowledge that we know the things we need to do by him, by following him. He will go before us. And the one thing, because he said, flee from evil. The one thing that will stop even someone in this morning, I'm not claiming it. I'm Actually, I'm claiming it won't happen. The one thing that will stop us from doing any of this is seduction. That we're seduced more by television, Facebook, relationships, circumstances, health. That all these things in our life, these issues that I talked about, these issues in our life seduce us. Man, that seems like a powerful word. or It, it almost, almost seems strange, but it's not. It's a seduction to our sin nature. We've got to be careful, the Bible says. Here's, here's, here's the way out. Here's the way out. You be, in, you be in the Word of God. Here's the way out. And you stop being seduced. Put it away. Guys, put it away. You want clarity? You see a woman that looks pretty? Look away. You're in Facebook, which I use, but and you're entering into gossip and junk and put it away. You're reading a good book, but not the Bible. Put it away. Don't be seduced by these things. Amen?
Okay? John 8, 31 says, And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall, let's say this together, ready? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Make you. I think there might be a couple translations that says set you. This is more, it makes you free. It we don't have freedom in and of ourselves. See, are we, are, are we getting this? Tony, are you getting this? <laughs> it's, it's, the truth will make us free. If we abide in his truth and we're receiving it and we're praying through it and we're, we're claiming it and we're doing as the truth says and we gain wisdom and knowledge and we're interacting as we're in life as we're following Jesus, it will make us free. God's not a liar. It'll make us free. Make us free. Now, maybe not the way we want again. That's where the prayer comes in. And that's where, the, right? Okay. John fourteen six says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We share the gospel. Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. That God sent his one and only son that loved us so much. That if we'll put our trust in him, as our Savior, we'll be saved. So our personal challenge continues. Read one chapter a day of Proverbs. Choose a verse to memorize and share. And share uh, that verse during the day. Now, that's what I did. Now, some of you came to me, which was awesome. This is not a... And because there's 31 days in Proverbs, and we were on day 7 or whatever it was... Verse 5, they said, well, so I, I had to read five chapters. I said, no, no, I want us to just start. So we're officially chapter 7 today. Tomorrow will be chapter 8. As a body that, that Christ loves so dearly and God loves so dearly, I really want to encourage us as a body to continue. To, you can, if you haven't been doing it, especially if you've not been here, catch up. Today's uh, Proverbs 7, tomorrow's Proverbs 8. Read a chapter a day, just like I did. I just chose, real simple, you know, verses. You don't need to, um, like Proverbs 1, to know wisdom and instruction and to perceive the words of understanding. Um, You can even write it down. I say to memorize it, but write it down and do your best to memorize it. But there will be an opportunity God will give you to share that verse with someone. And what that's doing is receiving God's word, allowing the Spirit of God to, or for you to become familiar, actually, with the Spirit of God, and then applying that in your life. You'll see God move more, more than I think some might know, you know? So, okay. Okay.